It's official. The Max Scherzer era in Texas has begun. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, then how do I have a lower third room called Sully? I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who's been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. It's my fifth full season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. But if you're watching, you will see that this is a crossover. And today we are crossing over. And trust me, I have no intention of messing with Texas, which is why we are not having a New York Rangers crossover. We're having a Texas Ranger crossover with the one, the only. What is your name, please? Uh, Bryce Patrick. <laughs> and I will remind you that you're under oath. This is a c- congressional hearing we're having right here. Uh, he has been indicted and has been brought to the Locked On MLB studios. Don't get topical, Sully. I am going to get topical because the big news that they'll be talking about in history for generations to come was the first start of Max Scherzer as a member of the Texas Rangers. Hey, uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. We had a lot of people, by the way. I actually wasn't prepared to talk about this, but um, we had a bunch of people who were um, really, really close in getting the trivia question, the question was, which pitcher has the most career wins while playing for only one National League team? Now, the answer should have been Christy Mathewson, except for the fact he pitched one game for the Cincinnati Reds and therefore became ineligible for this discussion. So that was a great guess, Amy Green. Phenomenal guess. Not correct. A couple people picked Don Drysdale, another terrific guest. Wrong. Uh, We had uh, Bob Gibson was a guest who was three wins off. It was actually Carl Hubble who had 253 wins, all with the New York Giants. Um, Oh, by the way, I got to do a mea culpa. Uh, Bryce Patrick, please make note that when I'm wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong. I had done a, 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 a trivia question where I said, what was the only postseason series to end with an RBI single from the visiting team? Um, and I was pretty, no one had gotten it, and I put it down. And um, the fact of the matter, and I said that it was the end of the 2003 division series when um, Jeffrey Hammonds got an RBI single, but the tying run was thrown out the plate uh, when JT Snow tried to score. Um, Court Stell was quick to correct me. This goes to show you my memory was wrong. It was not an RBI hit. It was, uh, I thought my memory was the bases were loaded and one run came in and Snow was trying to score as the tying run and he was thrown out at home plate. My memory was wrong. Wow. I was trying, and, and, and I'll admit that. I got that detail wrong. It remains the only postseason series to ever end with a 
base hit by the visiting team. So my trivia question wasn't completely wrong, but I was calling it an RBI base hit. And that was my memory being wrong. So I, I you know what? I, I try to do these trivia questions mostly from memory. And I had such a clear memory because that was the day I got married. So that's what I remember about that day. Um, that and um, Trot Nixon hit a walk-off home run and I got married. You remember the important um, things. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. But um, but no, I, I mea culpa. I got that detail wrong with my own trivia questions. So my bad. Uh, I hope you all can find it in your heart to forgive me. All right. Enough with that. Enough with cleaning house. Um, uh, Bryce Patrick is here. Um, Bryce, you are the host of Lockdown Rangers, have been for a little bit. And uh, the Rangers had an interesting game today. Their new toy was brought out to be played with in Texas. This was the the Texas Ranger debut of Max Scherzer. Um, and it didn't start off that well. No, it didn't start off well. And honestly, it a lot of debuts for big Texas Rangers pitchers have gone very poorly. And this was probably the best one of any big name pitcher coming to the Rangers in a long time. Uh, a friend of a friend of mine, uh, Chris Fitz on Twitter tweeted this out of all these different Rangers debuts. There was Gaylord Perry who gave up five runs and six innings pitched against the Cleveland team that traded him. Nolan Ryan, five innings, four runs, three walks, Cliff Lee, nine innings, six runs in a complete game loss to the AL worst Orioles back in 2010. You Darvish under six innings, five runs, four walks, Cole Hamels, five runs in seven innings, Corey Kluber, one inning ever, Jacob Grom, two, three and two thirds innings and five runs on opening day. So it has not been a lot of success for these big name pitchers coming in. So six innings, three earned runs. It's pretty good for, for this list. But but let's get down to brass tacks. The the Rangers were down three runs before they even came to bat. Uh, you must have been a little nervous when he got off to the uh, let's be kind and call it a tiny bit of a rough start there in the first. Yeah, I was I was a little worried, but it was mostly a lot of batted ball, bad luck, not any hard hit balls. I mean, the single mm -hmm. was 62 miles an hour. Both of them were under 65 miles an hour off the bat from Tim Anderson and Andrew Benatendi. I mean, he was still getting the strikeouts. The walks weren't great walking in a run in your first inning with the right. team is is never ideal but it wasn't something where i'm like oh no here we go again because the thing with scherzer is the home run ball and the hard hit balls and there were only three hard hit balls against him all day and i think only one of those was hit maybe two of them but they were both singles so i mean it wasn't really a case of oh wow here's the scherzer that's had had issues you know with the mets all year and he was excellent literally just last year and i find it really funny that there were a lot of mets fans that i saw on twitter including locked on mets host ryan finkelstein you know having a little chuckle at max scherzer when he ends up with a quality start while the mets are getting swept by the royals maybe maybe mind your own business mets fans Mets losing to the Royals. That has a familiar ring to it. I'm not sure why that <laughs> reminds me of something. Um, yeah, I mean, look at in the end, uh, you know, the the rough the the. I think it was more of a frustrating first inning than anything else. It was like you know, it was a lot of you know, it was a lot of uh, uh, things going the the White Sox way. It, it, it certainly helped matters for the Rangers that Toussaint, the starter for the Chicago White Sox had a very hard time throwing strikes 
And a couple of times, well, I better throw a strike here. And he would throw one like right down the middle of the plate for Marcus Simeon or right down the middle of the plate for um, who was the, who, who was the other? Mitch Garver. Thank you. I couldn't remember. Um, and, you know, you take a look at, and after that rough first inning and not a great second inning, but, you know, nothing that bad happened. It was one, two, three inning, one, two, three. Inning. In the end, in the end, he struck out nine batters in six innings. Yeah. And didn't let up a run after the first. And lest we forget, this is a contending team with bats. So he pitched well enough to win. And, you know, I hate Scherzer is there to pitch in October. That's his job. And in the regular season at this point, in my humble opinion, everything's binary. Did you win? Yes. Fine. I don't care how you won. We're in the last third of the season. You don't get style points. You know, there's a half game separates, you know, Houston from Texas at this point. And so at this point, you it's can't full, really. For the next few hours, at least, it's a full game. Yeah, but they're going to, you know, Astros are going to play the Yankees. So we know what ha- is going to happen there. <laughs> Sorry. Garrett Cole is not on the hill. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if Garrett Cole was pitching for the Astros, they wouldn't pitch him in game seven. So that's the deal there. But, um, you must feel good about the fact that the offense was able to, you know, dust off what was a, you know, dust them off of the, any sort of bumps and bruises they may have in this first, in the first inning or two. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was, was nice to see. It was an eight pitch first inning for Tuki Toussaint, who looked really good in the first inning and overall was, was fairly solid. It was honestly but he lost his control. He was he, he was he was starting he, he was he was down oh he was down one oh or two oh or two one to so many batters. And the in the home runs he let up were because oh I'm down two oh two one. I gotta throw a strike here. And you know, you have a smart player like Marcus Simeon who knows that. And by the way, I've said this on a previous podcast, someday Marcus Simeon is gonna be a major league manager. And he just he just knew, okay, here it comes. And it was one of those you knew it was gone the minute it left his fingers. You know, did he didn't have to swing? Like, well, well, okay, so now it's a tie game. Yeah, and Marcus Simeon has been absolutely on fire since the all-star break. Mm-hmm. An OPS of 985 and on base, just three points shy of 400, hitting over 320. I mean, the guy has just been lighting it up as of late and six home runs. The home run ball has not been really there for him as much in the first half as we saw kind of him go in a, on a stretch last year. I mean, the first couple months were really rough for him, but the Rangers top three of their order, I mean, Corey Seager has been unfathomably hot literally all season when he's been on the field. Marcus Simeon is on fire right now, and Nathaniel Lowe is kind of finding his form last year. The reason that he won the Silver Slugger at first base over all those other good-hitting first basemen is because he had an OPS north of 1,000 in two different months after the All-Star break. So, I mean, he's also finding that form as well. So this Rangers lineup, even though the bottom third, maybe even the middle third a little bit, is is having some issues. Josh Young has had some struggles, even though he's had multi-hit games in the last couple. Before that, it had been a bit of a slog. Garver seems to be finding his way. When he gets hot, he hits those homers and bunches. Ezekiel Duran, it had been rough for him. And Leo Tavares as well, down at the bottom of the order. But if you're eight and nine hitters are struggling in your top three and, you know, you're number six. And without Jonah Heim, it's it's a little bit harder for this offense to get going. But still, this is still one of the best offenses in all baseball. And I don't think it was nearly as much smoke and mirrors as we were seeing the Rays offense was for those first two months. I think what you're saying is the Rangers have assembled the best parts to move forward and be a winning team. Is that the case? I think that's the case. And if you're well, hey, hey, but wait, before you say anything, 
I'm sorry, you were saying? I was saying that this episode is sponsored by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, just like a Max Scherzer into your rotation if you are the Texas Rangers. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know how the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That was flawless. Thank you. That wasn't. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, okay, that, that was Scherzer's debut, but let's talk about the fact that the Rangers were very aggressive in the, in the trade deadline. They traded away some good young players, but unlike Baltimore, they had a sense of urgency realizing, hey, wait a minute. The, the landscape has been placed in front of us in a way that a pennant is possible. So let's, you know, two or three years down the line, you may regret trading Ron Lacuna's brother, but not if it means bringing in Scherzer, not if it means finally making nobody, especially your pal Sully mentioned Nelson Cruz leaping to try to catch a ball over his head hit by David Freeze. I don't know what you're talking about. In my in my uh, reality that I live in, uh, he was actually subbed out defensively by Ryan Washington. A really brilliant move by a competent manager. Yeah. Um, or or maybe Lance Berkman popped up. I don't know. In the in the tenth inning. Either even, way, don't even say the name Lance Berkman to me. I can't. I'm, I can't. I'm, that's just that's just cruel. Susquehanna hats. But here's the deal: a victory, uh, a championship, wipes out all the past. It wipes out all the bad moments are instantly erased. And the Rangers know that. And the Rangers also know that the Astros are, are they're, they're still a very good team, but they're more vulnerable. They're no longer, they're not the, oh, they're the can't miss team that they may have looked like the last couple of years going into the postseason. In other words, there's an opening here and they took it. So tell me your thoughts about the deals. Obviously, Scherzer got the most attention, but it wasn't the only deal they made to fortify this team. Yeah, and I thought that, uh, especially when we were talking about the Orioles, I thought they'd be much more aggressive at the deadline than Jack Flaherty. I think he is in the middle of his first start, and, and he's doing okay. But the Orioles had a really good team and an obvious need in pitching. And when you look at the Jordan Montgomery trade, that's the one where I think, really? That's what it took. Nobody, would, else, nobody else could beat that. And it wasn't just Jordan Montgomery. It was Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton, who is a solid bullpen arm, who's got yeah. really great spin rate and a righty just like the Rangers needed. And I thought, okay, that's a deal that I don't feel bad about. I mean, I really like those two prospects. I really do mm-hmm. like them. I think Thomas Sejaci is going to be a perfect Cardinal. I mean, I feel like yeah. every – He's going to be like every Cardinals position player. He's going to play a million different infield positions. He's going to be the most beloved teammate by anybody. Rave reviews about how good a teammate is. He's going to hit 300. He's got an on-base of 350, a slugging of, of 450. And he's going to be solid for several years, probably. Maybe. That's the best version of him. 
Tako Roby is a guy who's got a lot of potential for swing and miss stuff. He's 21 years old and doubly. He's very advanced. He's been hit around pretty hard this year, but I think that the Rangers showing confidence in him to be at that level is, is definitely a sign that, you know, he is better than those numbers look. And he has been hurt for a decent chunk of this year and the Rangers haven't been able to develop pitching. And maybe he's the starting pitcher that they could have never been able to develop, but also Luis and Helicuna, um, I really love his game, but he is a middle infielder. The Rangers have their middle infield locked up for the next seven years, six, six years, six years after this at minimum. And that's just Marcus Simeon. And yeah. he's probably not playing center field because Leody Tavares is pretty good out there. And if it's not Leody Tavares, then it's going to be Evan Carter. And if it's not Evan Carter, then eventually it's going to be Wyatt Langford, their first round pick who is already in high A and raking is he had a triple in his very first at bat in full season ball which is a lot of fun, but still it's not a price that I'm losing any sleep over. And if this is what it took, then like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if this is the market, then the Rangers did a great job because they've got a very deep farm system. And this is why you have a deep farm system. This is the whole point. This is, or I guess half the point is to develop your own good players, which Rangers have done. They have a lot of good young players right now in Josh Young, Leo Tavares, Ezekiel Duran, and well, Jonah Hyman and, you know, and Adoles Garcia and Nathaniel Lowe, like kind of count. You kind of stole them at the very end. Right. From other teams. But like, this is why you do it. They're not all going to work out. Look at those prospects the Rangers gave up in the Cole Hamels trade. I think there were three different top 100 guys. There was Jake Thompson. There was Jorge Alfaro. There was Nick Williams. Do you know almost anything about any of those guys? So no. Do you remember anything? No. Yeah. And, and I, I love those guys. And Jorge Alfaro is somehow like spent time in the big leagues for, I don't know, six, seven you, years. Yeah, he's, but, I mean, he's, he's had a major league career, but certainly was but not anywhere worth, worth getting league. Cole Hamels in a, yeah. in a stretch run. He won them two AOS titles right? because of that. And they also got Jake Diekman in that deal as well. So we I mean, made that, we made that exact point on yesterday's show with Lindsey Crosby, when we were trashing the Orioles saying, you have more prospects than you have spots on the major league roster. Exactly. And also making the point that I made with you, you don't always know when you're going to see the, the seas part and a lane, such a clear lane to get to the world series. And the, the Orioles had, had, had who are obviously having a wonderful regular season, but they have a glaring need, which is quality frontline starting pitching. They've got the back end of the bullpen down. What they needed, they needed Verlander, or they needed Montgomery. I thought, I thought they were, I thought because they have so many great prospects, I thought like, do you know what? They're going to get Verlander. To me, that was the he would have been. All right, we have a Hall of Fame, the defense, the guy, the guy who won the Cy Young Award last year, to come in and say, hey, fellas, get behind me. And mm -hmm. instead, they got, you know, Flaherty's a nice. He would be a nice other piece. You got Verlander and Flaherty. Okay, that makes sense. But Flaherty is your Christmas morning? The Rangers had a better rotation before the trade deadline than the Orioles, and they added two starting pitchers. That, yes. That should say how a lot the, the Rangers have. Like, I mean, I think that the Astros are probably going to be much better down the stretch than yes. the Rays are, and I am, you know, rightly terrified. I do want to take issue with, with one comment you had earlier this week. You said when the Astros pass the Rangers in the division. I, I don't know about when. If if maybe, maybe even there's a more than likely chance, but, you know. <laughs> you, got, you got me. Sully. Someone take the bait. There's the look of the worm. Bryce going, bloop. 
Bloop. Right in there. It's been Real so long since my team was actually good. I forgot what I it was know. like to defend them. And when there was yeah. obvious bait, just I'm just a little innocent little fish. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you also don't know when your window is going to shut. You have no idea. And the Rangers 2015-2016 team is the exact reason why I think this team is so aggressive right now. The Rangers look like they were content, set to contend for a long time. They had a young core. They had Nomar Mazzara. They had Joey Gallo. They had Rugnet Odor. They still had Elvis Andrus in his prime. They still had several more years of Adrian Beltre. And, you know, it looked like, okay. And we got some young pitchers and Chichi Gonzalez and um, some other guys that were, were coming up. And you still had more years of, of um, you know, you Darvish, you had him through 2017. You had Cole Hamels through, I believe, was under contract through 2018. Yeah. It ended up, I don't even want to talk about how all that ended because Cole Hamels did a good service while he was there. But then Prince Fielder, just out of nowhere, career ending injury. Jared yeah. Gallo, the only prospect of that whole group that ended up working out, Norman Mazzara was like the most surefire can't miss prospect, was a solid major league right fielder for like three years and just never, ever ever got any better he was a solid major league right fielder at age 20 and then it just didn't happen and wow. Rugnet Odor we all saw what happened with him so it's like you don't know how long this window is going to be open the, they're not outside of the Braves this year there's not any team in the AL that's like oh my gosh this is the greatest team ever it looked like the Rays for the first two months and then it didn't and the Orioles are a really good team and the Rangers are a pretty good team and the Astros are a pretty good team and the Twins will participate in the postseason um, for, a, still, for, for, for a couple of days. Yeah, they will participate. They will show up. And that's better than the Rangers have done for the past six, seven years. That's but true. still, you got to get in the dance and you got to be aggressive. Give yourself a chance. And if that's all it costs, and the Orioles have a much better system than the Rangers, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I know you want to be like, you know, conservative. That's kind of their whole front office's, you know, MO. But still, at a certain point, you got to cash in those chips. I, I think that maybe I was hearing that Dylan Cease's asking price was going to be Jackson Holiday. I don't blame them for not pulling the trigger on that. But for a deal like Jordan Montgomery or for a Lance Lynn or for, I don't know, even Aaron Savali, I think is a move that they could have done and maybe should have done. I don't think he's their frontline guy, but still, I'm surprised more teams didn't do more. Even the Astros, who were aggressive in getting Verlander, cost a pretty penny. But still, probably their last blue chip prospect they have in their system. Although, of course, they'll turn out some more because, unfortunately, the Astros are That's very good do. at doing a lot of things, which, much to my chagrin, but still. Threw an ad bumper right into that, right at you. Had to, had to, had to go to a break. Yeah, we we're going to see uh, an American League West showdown pretty much. I mean, look at, I think the Angels, I said the Angels had to do one of two things, either trade Otani or re-sign him. You find out what what's the number. Give us the number that will take you to re-sign. And whatever that number is, sign him. If he says, no, I want to hit for agency, then you trade him. They did the exact worst thing, which was to say, we're going to go for it, but we don't have him re-signed. And if this doesn't work, then not only have we not resigned him and we've traded away some good young players to Chicago. I mean, the, I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I mean, look at, I get the emotional, we're going to go for it, but uh, it's going to be, get back to me in November about how smart that was. Um, the Astros obviously pulled off 
the deal for Verlander, and I and I have tremendous trust in them. I know you don't like that. I'm not an Astro fan, but I mean, but I just I have a lot of I have a lot of trust in them. They're a good uh, team. They've been good for a long time, and it's the bane of my existence that that I have to admit it because there's there's no way around it. And so we're just, by the way, let's take a quick peek at some of the other games that are going on here on Thursday afternoon. As of this recording, Baltimore is a three to one lead over the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. You know, Baltimore is going to win 90, uh, in the high 90s and be one of those teams that, you know, could be bumped out in the division series. How'd they do that? They won 98 games. Yes, because look at who their starting pitchers are, and they're going to be going up against other teams' best starting pitchers. By the way, I have very little trust in the Blue Jays right now. Um, I mean, I know the Red Sox. I don't. I barely have any trust in the Red Sox right now. But the fact that if, if Baltimore wins this game, the Red Sox will only be one game back in the loss column in August is a freaking miracle. Um, the other games that ended today, uh, the Royals absolutely tomahawked the Mets. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. By the way, he is—he is—he he had his ninth home run. And I think it's uh, uh, his nineteenth home run. I meant to say. And I think it's his ninth home run in the last week. It seems every other day I look up and see what the highlights. It's Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, if the Royals turn, shout out to the local kid, Bobby Witt Jr. of Colleyville Heritage fame. Well, there you go. I was—I was going to ask you if he was of Colleyville Heritage. Um, poor Marlins, man. They got doubled up by Philadelphia. Another pretty well pitched game. But um, in another home run by uh, Brian De La Cruz, uh, Brandon Marsh got the big two-run single. The Phillies, by the way, the Phillies very quietly have got themselves in, you know, they're back one of the wild card teams. Yeah, the whole year they've seemed like they've been underachieving, and yet they finished last year the third wild card team. As of this recording, they're the second wild card team. Um, Milwaukee. Way, those fish come to town to play the Rangers, so uh... – Glad they're on a skid, and hopefully the Rangers can extend that skid. Uh, I could help matters for the Marlins that the Brewers don't know what they're doing. The Brewers have all but gifted. I mean, the the way I mean, the Reds have not played particularly well, but the Brewers have lost seven of their last ten games. The game they lost yesterday was so stupid, where they threw the ball away and two runs came in. Um, the Brewers are playing so badly they're letting the Cubs back in it because as of the, just just keep this in mind. As of this recording, two games in the loss column separate first place Cincinnati and third place Chicago in the National League Central. God, I wish the Rangers were the National League Central. They wouldn't have had to do a darn thing to walk oh, into it, October. If the if the Rangers were in the uh, uh, American League Central, they'd be up by eight games right now. Because they made the Twins sell. Because Minnesota has dropped six of their last ten and lost zero games in the standings because the Cleveland Guardians have said – and by the way, uh, I'm going to be doing a uh, – the next show that uh, I'm going to be doing, we're going to be talking Guardians and the American League Central, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, right now, I'm in the Bay Area right now. I'm in the Bay Area for a few more days before I head back to the luxurious Lockdown MLB studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. So please, please, by all means, uh, stop by my house. Uh, as of this recording, the Giants are up one nothing against Arizona on the Lamont Wade homer. Um, we'll see what happens at the end of that game. But yeah, we're you know for for all these races that are super tight, a game here, or a game there, you cannot afford to lose any dumb games. You're going to lose a game every once in a while. The You're going to lose. 
You're going to lose about three several, games. Several yeah. games to the Astros. Two yes. one-run losses in that series where the Rangers clearly outplayed them in Houston, but they lost two out of three. Same with that absolute barn burner the last game they played before that when Martin Perez got lit up and the Rangers came back from eight runs down and then still could not take the win even though they took the lead after being down I would believe it was 10 to 2 at one point yes. yeah I couldn't believe that I, I actually wasn't watching that game but I kept seeing the highlights of it or I kept seeing the the updates of it on the ticker on my phone and I went, oh boy, well, Bryce must be mad about that. And I went, oh, I'm going to do something. I'm being halfway decent father. Oh, oh by the way, blah, whoa, what? They came back? Those are the wildest games of the ones that you just emotional. Like it happens for me a bunch of times with, with the Red Sox. Well, well I'm not going to watch that game. That game's up. Oh, then you turned it on to like the most improbable ninth inning rally in Fenway. Oh my God. Okay. Well, here we go. Here we go. Um, all right, well, before we say goodbye to Bryce Paddock, we're going to throw out the today's trivia question, which is uh, which I made sure I got right. Um, which Rangers pitcher, and you can't answer this, Bryce. You, you probably know the answer. Which Rangers pitcher threw the complete game victory for their first ever postseason win? The first postseason win in Rangers history was a complete game victory by which pitcher? Who was it? Think of all the great pitchers in the history of the Rangers. Some of them are in the Hall of Fame. Some of them are Hall of Fame bound. So which pitcher threw the complete game victory for the first ever postseason victory in the Texas Rangers history? There you go. That's my uh, that's my trivia question. And I did double check it. I didn't screw it up like that other one. Uh, Bryce Patrick who's at Bryce Patrick on Twitter. Is that what it's still called now? On X? It's it's called Twitter by everybody who Yeah, so Twitter. Something. And we still have the little birds here because we don't want to confuse people. We're still um, tripping. And uh, where can they find your show? You can find Locked on Rangers wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, creeping up towards hopefully hitting 3,000 by the time the Rangers are surely in the postseason as AL West champs over those stinking Houston Astros. Any last thoughts before we say toodaloop? Well, this Max Scherzer trade, not just for this year, it is for next year. And thinking about a postseason rotation next year with Jacob deGrom, Nathan Eovaldi, and Max Scherzer as a number three, who boy. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope Nathan Uvalde, one of my favorite pitchers in baseball, is healthy by the time the, the season rounds up because he's someone you want your corner in a postseason situation. I can tell you that right here and also right now. Talking about Max Scherzer's debut with the Texas Rangers and the possible fate of the American League West, this has been a locked-on MLB, locked-on Rangers crossover. He's Bryce Patrick. I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>